Bill Walton just goes on and on and on. He's a terrible broadcaster, and he goes on and on, and I just got pissed off listening to him, and I shared that opinion, and I got a letter from the FCC. <laughs> You're listening to Unscripted with Mike and Chris, brutally honest sports talk. And now, here is Mike Jansen. A few things to clean up here on this uh, 530th episode of Unscripted with Mike and Chris. We are here. Hope wherever you are, whether you're viewing this or listening to this, I hope everything is as good as it can be under these weird circumstances that we live under these days. A lot of things going on. And again, some things that we didn't get to back in episode, uh, it'd be about 528. A couple of news and notes uh, from the National Hockey League, a couple from uh, Major League Baseball, and we'll try to get as many as we can in this shortened version. Uh, Mikey's losing his voice again, so we'll make this a quick one, but a couple things to get to before we call it a and we wrap up here on this 530th episode of Unscripted. And before I start, I did want to say that I think you'll really enjoy episode 529, folks. I think Chris and I put a lot of thought into our uh, top 10 list of underappreciated athletes. Um, it wasn't, uh, you know, it was a lot of fun. Don't get me wrong, but uh, I think there's a lot of really good choices on there. And I think at very least, at the very least, that both of us will have surprised some of you with some of our choices for our top 10 underappreciated athletes from the wonderful and wacky world of sports. We're going to start in the uh, National Hockey League and, um, They've come out with the three goaltenders that have been named the finalists for the NHL's Vesna Trophy on Friday. And if I muck up these names, well, it's not the first time. Connor Hellebuck, I can get that one. The Winnipeg Jets fine goaltender. Tuka Rask from the Boston Bruins and Andre Vasilevsky of the Tampa Bay Lightning were named the finalists. And uh, I have an idea who I think should win, but I'd like to know of those three, who would be your choice to take home this season's version of the Vesna in the National Hockey League? Yeah, that's a tough call for sure here. I would, boy, I mean, even if you don't watch hockey, you can kind of see there, okay, so two of those teams, the team is excellent. Right. And I mean, maybe a lot of that's the goalie, and maybe it's they've got such a powerhouse team in Boston and Tampa. Boy, that Winnipeg one is standing out, isn't there? <laughs> you know, small market, the team's not setting the world on fire, and you've got Connor Hellebuck there. He must be doing something right to get there, even if you don't watch tape or look at the stats. Uh, it's pretty clear that when the NHL media, which has an extreme Eastern bias at the very least, uh, has Connor Hellebuck on there, he's really doing something right there. So just because of that, I would take Connor Hellebuck. Well, two things. I agree wholeheartedly with you. Hellebuck would be my choice. My guess is, though, it's going to be one of the other two guys because of that Eastern bias that you talk about. I would, I would guess Vasilevsky. That's but, what I'm guessing. Yeah, but I don't know. I don't know. But again, you're absolutely right about the Eastern bias in the National Hockey League. And, you know, it's just a shame. But I believe if you're actually, in my opinion, um, and obviously I think Chris just stated it very nicely, that our choice would be Connor Hellebuck of the Winnipeg Jets, if somebody would call us. Um, also from the National Hockey League, you know, I have never really been a huge fan of this guy, but he's never out of the news. He's always got his mug in front of some camera doing something, and that was even when he was still playing. 
whether it would be for the Chicago Blackhawks or at the end with the then Phoenix Coyotes. But former National Hockey Leaguer Jeremy Roenick has filed a lawsuit in Manhattan Supreme Court for wrongful termination against NBC for inappropriate comments he made on a podcast back in February. He made some sexual comments about former colleague Catherine Tappan. Now, Roenick has apologized, and Tappan herself has says has said publicly that she wasn't offended by Roenick's comments, probably because she's heard them before. They did a podcast, but they were also part of a studio, in-studio group down there for MSNBC Sports or whatever it is in regard to the National Hockey League. But I guess it will have to let a judge decide here. I think, though, my friend, I think that these guys in this day and age, unless they're doing a podcast like we're doing, I truly believe when you're being censored by the CRTC up here or the uh, um, uh, FCC down in the United States, you have to be almost impeccable with what you want to say and how you say it and how you frame it and how you craft it. I think that these guys have got to really take a hard look at themselves. Guys and girls. Girls can be sexually advanced too, but I mean, generally speaking, we know it's usually the guys But I think that if you're in a position like this in front of a television camera in this day and age, you better make sure you watch everything that comes out of your mouth because anything that you do that could come back, I think will come back and bite you in the ass. And I think this is what's happened to the former Blackhawk and former Coyote Jeremy Roenick. I don't even remember exactly what he said. Do you remember the exact wording? I don't. It was something in regard. I mean, there's obviously some chemistry between Roenick and Catherine Tappan, is what I remember. And they had a very uh, seemingly amicable working relationship. But he went over the line one day, and that's when his bosses at NBC, NBC Sports Network, or whatever it is, you know, went off the deep end. And they, and I think, again, in this day and age, Regardless of if you meant it to be, you know, harmless or, or you know, that's, that's, that's the wrong attitude to have. You have to be, in my estimation, having been someone that has gotten a formal letter from the FCC way back when because I said pissed off on the air. I mean, that's ridiculous. But I did get a formal letter from the FCC warning me that if I were to continue to use that kind of language, that refer, reper, repercussions were coming my way, yeah, I'd have to listen to Ron Barr's show. Um, that's bad enough. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a good bad punishment. That's a bad penalty right there. How not to do a sports talk radio show, listen to Ron Barr. Um, but I have received, back in 1996 or seven. I received a letter from the FCC because I had made mention that Bill Walton, I remember this like it was yesterday, Bill Walton just goes on and on and on. He's a terrible broadcaster, and he goes on and on, and I just got pissed off listening to him, and I shared that opinion, and I got a letter from the FCC. <laughs> well, anyway, with uh, Jeremy Roenick, the... Oh, it's so tough because no one has the perfect answer of how to balance free speech with uh, representing any of your employers Is there well. anything such as free speech, though, in this day and age? Man. Well, okay, Let's say the issue is that he thinks uh, Catherine Tappan is really attractive. Let's mm-hmm. say that's that's the point. Right. Okay. So if he says, man, I worked with Catherine Tappan and she's a beautiful she's woman. She's a hottie. Yeah. No, but no. Let, let's see. He specifically says. Yeah. She, the exact words are, she's a beautiful woman. Okay. Is that? Now, there's probably some, you know, 
rotten person who's offended by that somewhere. But overall, I think most people could agree that's not offensive. He's just paying her a nice compliment. She's a beautiful woman. I boy, if like if that's if that's offensive, then that's then we've, we've then we're re- in trouble. Then we're in a lot of trouble. Yeah, and I'm afraid it'll get there, but I don't think it is right now. I think he could say that, and I don't think anyone really have a problem with it. But I'm going to assume because uh, I don't. I, I'm sure I heard what he said at the time, but I don't remember. Uh, I'm assuming he's going to say, oh, yeah, she's a, you know, hot piece of ass or something like that. Right. And so if you say it like that, you know, you're in trouble. You're in trouble. And I mean, boy, it's just because I'm I'm so much about free speech. But at the same time, you can have free speech and just don't be a jackass and make your company, your employer look bad. Right. You know what I mean? And then even if they want to let things slide, they it's really hard to now. Uh, there's so much pressure on everyone to stay in line, and there's there's really good and really bad about it. And, and you know, as humans, we're just trying our best to get through this. And the rules seem to change all the time. It's such a moving target. That's the problem. And not only is it a moving target, but then if you do anything wrong by future standards, then they get retroactively applied. You could do you could say something that you know in 2015 you might say something that in 2015 is like okay whatever. And then in 2020, in 2020 you're public like, enemy number one. Yeah, all of a sudden, like, oh, how did you, how did you not have future knowledge from five years in the future or ten years or whatever? You know, they they just recently went after Jimmy Kimmel because he wore blackface in a sketch pretending to be Carl Malone, I think, in 1996. It's like that video has been on TV and on the internet for 24 years, and all of a sudden now it's a problem. It's like, okay, well, I understand people shouldn't wear blackface right now. But, uh, and maybe shouldn't have ever, but where was, I, I'm pretty sure it would have been a, anyone who thinks it's bad now, why thought, back when in they thought it was bad in 96, right. like, so it's, it's like, even if you've done something for, and you did 20 years ago and no one cares, all of a sudden 20 years, someone will dig back and like find something on you and like, oh, but if I apply today's values, he was wrong. And that's, uh, first of all, that's unbelievably hypocritical. Right. I don't think anybody can withstand that, especially the people who are going and digging up this dirt on people and trying to knock them down a peg. Look in the mirror, because I guarantee there's something we could retroactively apply to your life oh, no uh, or for whoever and, and take you down. So that's a really dangerous game for anybody to be playing, and it's and it's going too far. I think we are, are doing our best overall, and some people on either extreme are going to take advantage of that. But with Jeremy Roenick, you can have free speech and still choose your words a little better, still get your point across. Any point that he was actually making that's anything better than complete garbage could be worded in a better way. I mean, if it's just that she's attractive, then say like, wow, it was amazing to work with such a beautiful woman and and she's smart and everything yeah. else, too. And like you can you can say that in a way that isn't doesn't make you just look like a meathead jock you know, who's in the locker room still. So he could have done better. But at the same time, I, and again, not remembering what he said exactly, did he deserve to get fired? Boy, it's it's a really tough line we're walking and we're trying to I think that, figure it out as a society. I think that networks are going on a case-by-case basis. And uh, ultimately, I think that they're under pressure, as you mentioned, they're under pressure to make sure that the product that they're supporting and the people that they're employing to get their message out have got to be at about perfect behavior. And that's really tough to do. I mean, um, you know, again, my experience is working with my friend Ron Barr. Um, you know, he got on my you-know-what all the time. But different time, different place. And... Um, 
Yeah, I, I don't know. You know, I, I kind of remember Jeremy Rodick as a player, always having a bit of a cocky side to him, kind of a bit of a, oh, yeah. you know, and oh, I yeah. think that that kind of resonated in his broadcasting. I've seen him every now mm-hmm. and then, and uh, he had some good points. He made some, made some, you know, said some really intelligent things. And here's a guy that's played at the highest level. So there were some, obviously, some reasons why, and and uh, whatever it is, NBC Sportsnet brought him on. The name recognition being first and foremost, but I think that it's got to, it's got to a point now where these uh, television and and radio stations and and sports networks and whatever they pretty much have to have a basic training in regard to you know okay we're bringing in these guys and these ladies or whatever that are you know are are bring are being brought in for name recognition. But we better have a sit down to make sure that everybody's on the same page moving forward because um, you don't want to invest a lot of time and money in getting a, a person ready to, to be an on-air personality. And then three months later, you got to fire him because he said something stupid. Um, we just have to, as a society, especially in this medium, not with the podcast, but on, you know, as, as Howard Stern would say, uh, terrestrial radio and television these days. You have really got to make sure that you're accountable for every word that comes out of your mouth because that one slip-up could cost you a career really, really quickly. Yeah, I mean, if you're hiring, not that you'd hire uh, someone this young for name recognition, but if you hire a 20-year-old broadcaster, an 18-year-old broadcaster, they have come up in these times and you probably don't have to give them too much sensitivity training ahead of the fact because they've just been raised like this. They've right. never, they've maybe never known being able to just, uh, you know, just treat people, uh, you know, as a, as a group and just say things horribly offensive uh, and uh, no one says too much about it. But if you take someone who came up in a different time and now all of a sudden has to go, uh, not only that they're not in the locker room anymore, but now they're all, all of a sudden on TV in a different time than they came up in and the rules have changed. Yeah, you, you can't really assume anymore that, especially someone like a Jeremy Roenick, who is a bit of, was always a bit of a hothead, kind yeah. of cocky and whatever else. You can't just assume that they're just going to magically know how to, and especially when they're then a, you know, they're, they're rich, they're famous, yeah. they're successful. They probably haven't had a lot of people tell them no in their Boom, lives. right there. Yep. Uh, when you combine those two things, and maybe they're also on top of all that, maybe they're not the most in touch with the ground floor of society. Maybe they're kind of sheltered in their rich life. Maybe they're not walking down the street to the grocery store that much. Maybe they are. Maybe they're not. It depends where they live, probably. Um, if you're a Maple Leaf and you're in Toronto, you probably got to, yeah. you know, you know, it might be a pain in the ass to go out too much. But, uh, you know, you can't assume that for all these reasons layered on top of each other, you can't just then, oh, yeah, we'll just stick Ronick out there. He won't say anything bad. <laughs> like... Yeah, that that like that's on the networks at that point, right? Like you have to make Absolutely. sure you know what you're getting here. Great it's point. No, it's not as simple as before. Yes, I know it was more convenient before. I know that you know in the '70s you could just take some guy he retired, you can stick him on the air and whatever. Yeah. Easy. It's not like that anymore. It's tougher, and networks need to do their part as well. Uh, I don't know the particulars of this case, but it will be interesting. I think both sides will be 100% sincere saying that they are in the right. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Right? This is not where one side is trying to be an asshole, I don't think. I right. think both sides are like, I'm right, I know I'm right. Correct. 
and I was and uh, I did the right thing. So NBC is trying to protect their brand name, yeah. and Ronick is trying to protect his reputation. Yeah. So yeah. absolutely. Um, before we get out of here, a couple of quick stories from Major League Baseball. Um, this one, I think, we as a society had better get used to this in regard to the way we are going to be able to watch sports moving forward. And I and again, I and here in my notes, I. From the I think that we had better get used to this file, Yankees outfielder Clint Frazier, and if you don't know this kid, he is going to be a superstar if he doesn't get traded out of New York first because this guy has the rare combination of power and speed. He can hit the long ball. He's got an, a, an absolute cannon for an arm. But when you have Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton in your lineup in the outfield already, you can only use one of them per day as a designated hitter per se. So obviously there may not be a spot for this guy moving forward, but this young man, again, his name is Clint Frazier. I think the world of him, I'm a closet Yankee fan. I like this guy, but unfortunately he was called a sheep by some idiot Yankee fans over the last couple of days for wearing a mask while on the field. Of course, teams are still in their home ballparks conducting a, you know, quasi spring training before they go down to you know excuse me before they start uh, on uh, july 30 whatever it is when they start the baseball season but i'm telling you folks we better get used to this this 25 year old says that regardless of what some fans think he will continue to don a mask while playing ball this season and i support and recognize that and i'm disappointed in yankee fans that are calling him sheep because he's trying to protect himself you know folks Um, it's a very difficult and very different time to be playing sports in all of the sports that we enjoy watching. And if this guy wants to take a little little, uh, bit of of a precaution moving forward, then so be it. You guys should be worried about if he's going to hit homers and throw people out from the outfield and steal a base here and there. You shouldn't be worrying about if the guy's got a, sh- uh, got a mask on or not. And I'm disappointed, and I should know better. It's Yankee fans. They're a little silly sometimes. But my God, this guy is just trying to make sure that he makes it healthy through this 60-game season. Because this guy, if they have injuries and Judge continues to be hurt like he is wont to do, And Stanton, too, want to do. Aaron Hicks, who I think is going to be an awesome outfielder, but he's hurt all the time, too, for the Yankees. You're going to have to have somebody. Brett Gardner can't play all three positions if all these guys are hurt. This guy could play a real uh, pivotal role, I feel, for the Yankees moving forward. And you guys are already calling him a sheep because he wears a mask. I think the one way that they're going to have to you know, flatten the curve down there, which they haven't been doing in the United States since they should have started back in, oh, I don't know, February or March, and the reason that the numbers are escalating through the wall, but you're going to have to do something like this. Masks are going to become mandatory here pretty soon, folks, if the numbers don't go down, and this guy is just kind of staying literally ahead of the curve. Well, this guy, really, and and any of these Yankee fans and anyone like this, this is the reason why we're not really going to get past this completely without a cure or a vaccine, because people like this are just ignorant like that, and they just don't know any other way to be. 
it's not really that surprising. It's coming from a Yankee fan in New York or anything. But, you know, how are your numbers there, New York boy? Yeah. As I'd like to say to him, right? Like, I mean, they're just, they're embarrassing. New York State has been embarrassing. And it's like I say, you can criticize all the government, every level of government in the States all you want. And a lot of it's very legitimate. But even if every level of government in the U.S. was doing a great job, you would still have guys like this who would just be impossible to to control or to help or to have them be a team player and not be selfish. And can I make one really emphatic point? The number one reason that people wear masks is not to protect themselves. It's to protect others. Correct. And that is the most important thing. This is not like, oh, I'm just going to protect myself and I'm uh, scared. You know, that's not it. It's I'm going to be a team player. I'm going to try not to share my germs with everyone else. And that's why a lot of people in Asian countries do that just in regular times. Correct. Right. It's 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 just the opposite. It's trying to be a team player and help out and not spread germs around society, not just being selfish. It's just the opposite. But it doesn't surprise me that someone like this wouldn't get that. And uh, yeah, masks are something that we can do to help out. They're not perfect. Um and then, you, you know, you see some people putting the mask on over their mouth, but their nose is open. It's like they don't even know how to wear a mask. And it's like, wow, this is just a complete disaster. And we're not going to get past it completely without uh, without a cure, a vaccine. And there's promising things. Uh, Fauci, oh, yeah. Fauci said, you know, there's a really promising one. There's a ton of companies that are all whatever. Yeah. Uh, but Fauci's trial is starting right away here. The, or the one he was talking about. We're, we're, we're making progress uh, sometime in the next. 365 days i really believe we'll at least have a vaccine oh i i I, really do hey listen we have got in my opinion and i think you'll second this i think we've got the smartest people this is a worldwide pandemic we've got the smartest people i believe around the world putting their brains together the scientists and the medical uh, personnel getting together i mean we all better we this is all betterment for all of us if we get a vaccine and I think that I totally agree. And I think, to be honest, I think we have to have some, we need to be making serious headway toward a vaccine by the time the calendar turns into 2021. I'm not saying that there will be one, but we've got to be making progress toward a vaccine by 2021. I don't think, uh, I, I, I don't think, I don't think that's impossible, I guess, is no, what no, I'm it's, trying it's, to say. No, no, it's very, very likely, and I, I'm feeling optimistic about it for sure. And uh, let's do a two-minute warning here. Real quick. we got two minutes. Yeah, we got two minutes. Real quick, I just wanted to send congratulations to a guy that I respect an awful lot from the Canadian Football League. We haven't heard much about this league because Randy Ambrosi, I, the, the commissioner, I don't know what he knows. I don't know if he knows what's going on. We haven't heard updates. Are we going to see a CFL game this year? I have no idea. But what I do know is that on Friday, former Stampeder, former Rough Rider, former Tiger Cat, and I think that's about all the teams he played for, at least the big three that I remember, former those three teams quarterback Henry Hank Burris headlines the 2020 inductees into the Canadian Football League Hall of Fame. And I have had the opportunity here in Calgary to meet Hank Burris, class individual, great guy, won great cups here, in the CFL, and congratulations to him. I just thought we needed to get that here on Unscripted Air. Yeah, you know what? He was really just, uh, when he played for Calgary, it was like we had two Aginlas. Correct. You know, we had Jerome Aginla for the Flames, and we had Henry Burris for the Stamps, and they both just seemed like uh, almost the same person, like always smiling, always gracious, nothing but great stories from fans who met them in person, 
and uh, just great guys and nothing bad to say about either one even though they always played for teams I didn't really like. So. 1990, mid-90s, he was in training camp with Brett Favre and the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, good for him. That's and awesome. Then he went to Chicago. He realized that his game is better suited playing in the Canadian Football League and he took that opportunity and jumped all over it and I'm very proud and happy to say congratulations to Hank Burris for making it into the 2020 Canadian Football League Hall of Fame. We've got to run, folks. Another great week of shows. Had a lot of fun. Hope you're enjoying the video. Chris has worked very diligently behind the scenes to make it go. I like a lot of the things, or all the things that he has done. So please take a look at it on the YouTube. You still have the, obviously, the 83 different avenues that Chris set up for you. It's not 83, but it's a lot. It's got to be around 20 now. So there's a lot of different ways to listen and to watch to Unscripted with Mike and Chris these days because of this man to my left, Mr. Fluke. Having said all that, for the executive producer of Unscripted, the man to my left, Mr. Chris Fluke, I'm Mike Jansen. Until next time.